Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Brits in Syracuse Falls at VCU 67-55 in the Battle for Atlantis quarterfinal. Just a disappointing game overall. VCU had a game plan of pressing and playing tough defense that they usually do. They only averaged 50.8 points per game. They scored 67 tonight. They held Syracuse to 55. Lots to talk about. I got my nephew here, Julian Rivera, to help me out. What's up, Julian? What's up, Dome Dog? How's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Julian's a varsity basketball player at? Highland School. Where's Highland School? Uh, Warrington, Virginia. Warrington, Virginia. When's your first game? Uh, Tuesday the 30th at home. And what's your Instagram handle? Uh, Julian Rivera underscore 11. Julian's a point guard, kind of a combo guard. He likes to get after it defensively. Maybe he's a good fit for VCU. I don't know. What do you think, Julian? Good fit for VCU? I mean, I like how they play. I like how they pressure. I mean, I would be happy to go there. That'd be fun. Be a good way to uh, test my abilities. You know, we'll see what happens. So, being a point guard, what do you think about Joseph Gerard's play tonight? I'm kind of disappointed, especially with the six turnovers that we just looked at and saw and zero assist. I mean, that's not the turnover uh, assist ratio that you want from your point guard. And he didn't really do that well scoring-wise either, so he really was just kind of out there playing. I didn't like how whenever they would get a, a rebound or off of a make that he just brought it up super slow. I wish he would push the tempo a little more, especially for his size. He needs to have that advantage over everyone that he's the the general on the team. And, you know, he didn't really do that tonight, and I was kind of disappointed to see that because, you know, I'm hoping that he picks that up and uh, improves on that aspect. Yeah, minus six assist to turnover ratio. You can't have another point guard. And he shot two for nine and two for five from three, but it wasn't just – also, the six turnovers, a lot of them were just these crazy passes across court. He looked like the Gerard kind of last year where he just was not dribbling with purpose, was not passing with purpose. Obviously, he didn't get any assists. And Samir Torrance came in, the backup point guard, very shortly, only four minutes. He couldn't handle the pressure whatsoever, so he was yanked out of the game. And it brings me back to last season. Syracuse had Kadari Richmond. I know Kadari Richmond's struggling for Seton Hall this year, but I just look at the last two games. Colgate... And this game, and it could really use a guy like Richmond who could drive and kick and get a bucket here and there and kind of face the pressure of VCU. VCU had a good game plan of just pressuring the ball as much as possible, and it worked. Yeah, I saw about 8 to 10 buckets from VCU just off of turnovers alone. And, I mean, look at the score. They lost by 12. That's the game right there. That's the difference between a close game and a game out of reach in the last two minutes. And... That's unacceptable, especially when Gerard came into Syracuse, supposed to be this top recruit with, who scored like 3,000 points in high school, and he's letting that slip, and those six turnovers are unacceptable. And all around, the turnovers from the team was just not, not what they needed. It cost them the game. I mean, it was a big aspect in that loss. Well, looking at so VCU, 16 points off turnovers off Syracuse, 16 turnovers. So that's, you know, they're capitalizing on the turnovers. 23 bench points, 7 fast break points. So the fast break wasn't there. There was a stretch in the first half. Syracuse was tied 18-18 all, and VCU turned the ball over four straight times, but Syracuse couldn't capitalize on it. And it just looked like they were lost at time. It looked like there was no offense. Another guy I want to talk about is Cole Swider. He has been touted as this great player, this all-around player, and he does hustle and does play hard. Seven rebounds, three turnovers, though, only six points. And 0 for 7 from 3 and 2 for 14 from the field. And it just seemed like he was just gunning it half the time. They weren't good shots. Yeah, he wasn't open. There was a lot of times where he would come one dribble and try to shoot, pull up from 3. And 
it just was not working out for them. And he was trying to force it too much. He didn't let the game come to him. He didn't try to seize the opportunity when he was open. He just tried to take these heavily contested threes that just were not falling, and it did not help Syracuse at all. Yeah. On, on top of that, they the energy level on Syracuse was low, and whenever they he would go and shoot a three and he would miss, it would just bring all the energy down even more because they were just he, – he would come in, one dribble, pull up, shoot, miss, wouldn't get back on defense, transition layup. Brought the energy down the entire game. One of the only guys I, I would say he played hard was maybe Jimmy Beheim. Overall, he, he had an okay game. I mean, he had 17 points. He was 5 for 13 shooting. He only took 1-3. Six or seven from the line, twelve rebounds. So he put he put in the work there in that game. He was trying, but it just seemed like so many times Syracuse would go to the basket and then they just get swatted. And I'm looking at the blocks, eight blocks by VCU, but it wasn't just the blocks. Can't see it in the box score sometimes. It's also just kind of intimidation. And there were definitely times where Syracuse kind of just stopped short and didn't didn't follow through and didn't move the ball. Whereas VCU. You know, they were 26% three-point shooting team coming into this game. In the first half, VCU shot two for eight from three. In the second half, five for ten, which is overall 39%. That's a pretty good three-point shooting team for seven for 18. So a team coming in that averaged 26% from three shot around 40% from three because the guy at the top of the key there was just, you know, squaring up almost like a practice three-pointer. Yeah, I mean, there was, there was almost, I think, I want to say four three-pointers that – the ball would swing to the middle, and whoever was that top guard, almost I think almost every time it was uh, Beheim, um, buddy. But uh, they would swing it. He wouldn't get back, and he just had a wide open three. He had plenty of time to gather himself open three, and they hardly missed that shot. And that was a key part to their swing into getting that lead, that that nice seven to eight point lead, which ended up pushing all the way to twelve and finishing the game. Well, and the crazy part is their best players, Vince Williams, who averaged twelve points a game, was shooting. 44% from three. He didn't have a good game at all. He had four points. He was two for 10. Field goal was 0 for 7 from three. Uh, Keyshawn Curry was two for, two for three from three. Jaden Nunn was two for three from three. I'm not going to say to say number five for, for VCU was three for four. So those guys pretty much made up the three-pointers there. And I got to say, you know, in the first two games, everyone was very high on Syracuse. Oh, the guys that left are, are gone. And, you know, we don't care about them. Some of the, I'm on different message boards behind my own. But people are talking about how, how much better this team is. They move the ball. They can shoot. Well, guess what? They ran into two good teams now, and they lost. So is everyone going to pump the brakes maybe on in Syracuse and say, you know, where do we go wrong kind of with the guys that we had? I, I just can't help but say, and I know people don't want to hear about it, but Gurrier leaving too to me is a big deal. He's struggling on Oregon. He's not playing well at all. Either is Kadari Richmond, as I already mentioned. But on this team, on the Syracuse team, like in a game like this, exactly where you need Car- or exactly where you need Quincy Gurrier because he's just a bruiser. And he plays down low and he gets rebounds and he almost had a double-double. In this game, Syracuse really had no answer for VCU's kind of tough play and down low. And in, in a game like this, I knew it was going to be a grinded-out game because VCU only allowed opponents 51 points per game. And Syracuse scored 55, so they went above that average. But their competition wasn't the same. So I, I, don't, I don't know. It's uh, I think, as I said before the season started, it's going to be another bubble season. They're going to have to figure some things out. Benny Williams, the, the highly big-time recruit, didn't do anything again. And a big, fat goose egg. And we're hoping to get more out of him. He had a nice block. But other than that, he's not a threat. 
none of the guys in the team could really drive the basket. Jimmy was one of the only ones and Buddy. And then one of the I thought the last you know four or five possessions in the game, <laughs> Buddy Beheim steals the ball and he's he's one on four. And he tries to pull up from three to, you know, I know why he's doing it, so it's a five-point game, but it just wasn't a good shot. Yeah, I agree. I think the Bayheims both, I think I was a little impressed with them because I didn't think either one of them could get to the basket, but they proved me wrong tonight because uh, neither one of them shot many threes. I mean, I know Buddy did, but it wasn't falling, so they both started relying more on dribble drive and, and then stop, pump fake, and fade away, and that was working for them, so I was a little impressed by that. But I think that... With Buddy, he sometimes he gets the hot hand and then he just starts chucking from whatever, regardless of how long, how many minute, seconds is left on the shot clock or when how many times he's passed the ball around. He just kind of gets it and he goes. And I think he needs to work on being more aware of okay, where I am on the court and what's needed right now. Do I need to shoot a pull up three after a steal or do I need to pull it back out? Um, but with Jimmy, I think I was pretty impressed because he. He got into the paint. He was getting good layups. A couple times he was being too shy. He was getting scared um, to get block shot to get his shot blocked. But um, overall, I think they both did an okay game. They both led the the team in scoring. I think it was seventeen and twenty. So uh, I was pretty impressed with that. I'll get back to the buddy in a second. But nine ten left in the game. Syracuse down five. They stop VCU. Swatter gets the rebound. He turns it over to Stoddard, who steals it. He puts it in. VCU is up by seven with eight minutes to go. Really, they traded a couple baskets, but from the from the rest of the game, it was VCU's game. And there was one other chance where Buddy steals the ball. They're down by eight. And he chucks a three when there's nobody back with him. And I know why he did it, to maybe get to a five-point game. But... I just don't think that was a great shot. You would have better off going all the way to the basket, maybe drawing the foul, stopping the clock. Again, they may have lost anyways, but I just don't understand that mindset. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a stupid play. Um, you know, you got to know where you are on the court. You got to, especially in a tight game like that, you can't just come down the court and chuck a three when you're a one on four. You got to make better decisions, especially as a college Division One player. You got to know better than that. That's just basic IQ. Even. Even a, a high school guard can tell you that himself that coming down and shooting a pull up three would get you taken right out of the game. So I don't, I don't really understand what his mindset was there. But I agree with you. I think it was a it was a dumb play. So Syracuse could play the loser of the Baylor Arizona State game. So that's not going to be an easy game. And they could possibly play either Michigan State. They could play Loyola. There's other good teams still in this tournament. And Julian, just watching this game tonight, I don't think Syracuse is going to win one game in this tournament. And it's just disappointing after the first two games, everyone was so high on Syracuse. They didn't play anybody. They played Lafayette and Drexel. Then Colgate, pretty much after the first few minutes, dominated the rest of the game. I'd say VCU, this was their type of game because they're a slowdown type team and a grind them out play team. And they grinded it out more than Syracuse. And they scored 17 points over their average. And at this point, I don't know what to say. I'm looking for answers. And my answer is, as I said before, the guys that they, they let go or not let go or they decided to leave would have fit in better with this team. And these guys that are transfers like Swider and Buddy, or not Buddy, but Jimmy Beheim coming off the bench would have made this team really strong. And I just don't understand why they left, really. They're not doing well on the new teams. No one really knows, it seems, besides Beheim and, and the guys that left. But I don't know what else to say about this team. What else do you have to say? 
I mean, I agree with you. I think that if those guys hadn't left, it would be a different story. But I think what needs to be changed is, I think it's something that you mentioned before in your previous podcast, but the their defense needs an adjustment, especially against teams like VCU, where if this 2-3 zone, like, it's great. It works against certain teams, especially if you're undersized. It does work, and... I'm I'm not against a two three in any way, but I think that in a game like that, when they're just picking apart your two three, you kind of have to make adjustments and maybe switch into man or switch into a different zone. But I think that them being in that two three, that whole game was killing them. They got I don't know how many. They probably got four or five jump shots from the foul line because they weren't their their two three zone was sloppy, and then they were getting like we said earlier, they were getting open. Uh, top of the key three-pointers, and they must have hit four of those. And look at that. That was 12, 12, 15 points right there, and that's the game. So I think they need to make that adjustment as the season progresses or else I think they're just going to get buried and they're going to they're gonna lose and they're not going to have a good record and it's not going to be pretty. And I don't think Syracuse fans are going to appreciate it very much. Yeah, I mean, the age-old debate between man-to-man and zone defense has been happening for years, been happening on our Facebook page this week happening between friends, between family, everybody talks about the zone versus man, and he's never going to change it, but, you know, what's frustrating for me as a Syracuse fan and watching him for years is that other coaches adjust, you know, talking about the zone and adjustment in zone, uh, Baylor in this tournament, I would say they almost emulated his own def- their zone defense after Syracuse, but they also have different adjustments where they trap and move. Yes, they had different caliber players last year, and that's why they won, but this year's team looks good as well. If you watch their team, they, they adjust. And it's almost every other team in the country, they may play zone once in a while, but they have some sort of other play that they can go to. But some of the arguments is are that Syracuse doesn't have the athleticism to stay the guys man-to-man. Uh, the other ones are they don't know how to play man-to-man, which is complete bull because anyone that plays basketball knows how to play man-to-man. Uh, I just don't understand at this point when you're getting your teeth kicked in why you just think it's fine just to kind of just shrug your shoulders. But... Again, could talk about that one all day. Yeah, I think that um, they also should what they should do with their defense is implement some more full court press because we saw it last year that when they started full court pressing, I can't remember the game it was, but they were full court pressing and it turned the game around and they ended up winning or I think they tied it up at one point and I think that's something they need to implement into their defense because pressuring the ball, especially against teams like VCU slowing them down a little bit when they go on a big run that can help a lot and that can change the game so I mean it's just I know that Beheim is stubborn but I think it's something that he needs to consider this season if he wants to win games but last year's team had more athletic players and this year's team I don't see the same athleticism out of Swider now Torrance looks like he could be a good player off the bench but he's a little erratic he he doesn't really have an offensive game and if you go look at his stats last year, both of them weren't great players on Marquette and Villanova, respectively. So, you know, to think that they're just going to automatically be great on Syracuse is kind of crazy to think that. Benny Williams is supposed to be this better player. He's just not. Uh, Gerard looked good in the first two games, but obviously VCU had the book on him to pressure him, that he's not fast enough to kind of beat people. And the Bayhams are the Bayhams. You know they're going to get a good game out of there and play hard, but... Edwards followed out with five minutes in the game left. That hurt Syracuse a lot because he was the only guy that was kind of playing inside. And as I said, this is going to be a bubble team. And I don't think at this point, I know people say it's early in the season and this Bayheim does this just to get these guys better by the end of the seasons. The goal is to make the NCAA tournament. He doesn't care about the beginning of the season. But last year I could at least see 
them being better. I don't see this team getting better right this second. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that's all we got for the Dome Dog Podcast. Thanks, Julian, for uh, joining me today. What's your high school and handle again? Uh, I go to Highland School in Warrington, Virginia, and uh, my Instagram is Rivera underscore 11. Check him out. He's got a nice handle. That's all we got for the Dome Dog Podcast tonight. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. The Dome Dog Podcast is brought to you by Kathy's Air Mattresses, so your Thanksgiving guests can get some rest. Code word, Airbree. Thanks for listening to the Dome Dog Podcast. Now available on Spotify, Amazon Music slash Audible, and Podbean. Please join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Dome Dog. That's D-O-M-E-D-A-W-G.